pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Seven six five four three two one. Hey guys, this is Liz Cambage. This is Nikki Collin. What up, guys? This is Esther Hey, this is Marty Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. Welcome back, WNBA Nation. My name's Kyle Haywood, and I am excited tonight to talk so much free agency news with all of you. I'm so stoked. But I'm not here alone. I've got one of my best friends in the entire world, Mr. Jason Snow. How's it going? I am doing so good, Kyle. I feel like the last couple days have just been like I so long, long or quick aside here. I, I've been watching some some TV shows that, that are car based and, and whatnot recently. And there's this moment mm-hmm. when they're getting ready for the race and then the light goes green and just everything breaks loose. And I feel like that's February 1st in the WNBA where it's like we're just waiting, the offseason chugging, and then all of a sudden we get signing. Then we move right into March Madness, which leads into the draft, which leads into the game. So I feel like we're just like taking off now, which is so much fun. Yeah, A uh, lot of fun news to talk about, but uh, I'm doing good, Kyle. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, I agree. It feels like they're just clearing. Uh, they're clearing the runway for us right now. Yeah. And you know, we're 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 checking all the instruments on the plane. We're making sure everything's good to go. Because yeah, we finish up February and then it's March, and y'all know what March means. Best month of the year. So, <laughs> best month of the year, and then immediately, yeah, as you said, followed by the draft, training camp. And eventually the start of the season. So we are, uh, we are ready. We're ready to ramp up and, and take off here and, and really get going in a lot of WNBA news. So let's just hop right into things, Jason. Uh, we've got a lot of news breaking now, not a ton of, um, surprises, I should say at this point, um, at, uh, 10 30 PM on, Wednesday, February 2nd. So we've had two days where players can officially sign. Um, and so there's quite a few official things coming through, but we, you know, obviously by the time you hear this, there's could be some other signings, could be some trades coming through. There's a big trade news coming literally that came through as we like hopped on to stream here on Twitch. So we're going to talk about that and more. Um, but Jason, just before we hop into that, can you let people know the best way that they can interact with us? 
Absolutely. If you want to interact with us as a show, the easiest and quickest way to do so is on Twitter. That's at WNBA Nation Pod. You can find us there. Shoot us a DM. Tag us in a tweet. Do whatever you need to do to, to bring stuff to our attention. We love interacting with y'all there. If you want to watch the show live, we record live on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash WNBA Nation. Uh, give us a follow. Give us a subscribe. Uh, if you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe for free. Uh, if you don't, it's $5 a month, which uh, we understand not everyone has. But if you are able to do that, that really helps support the show, uh, whether you do Prime or, or a paid subscription. Either way, helps to fund the software and the production and all the stuff that we do here. Uh, if you want to rep some merch, head over to WNBANation.StoreNV.com. Check out some stuff there. Uh, I've had some stuff in the works to put up on there recently, but I have not done it. So if you're looking for something new and fresh, uh, hopefully in the near future, I'll have some new designs up uh, that, that will meet those qualifications of both being new and fresh. Uh, other than that, uh, we always enjoy uh, being able to, to talk to you through the podcast. It's where we started and where we're going to continue to be. You can find us anywhere podcasts are found. Give us a subscribe. If you happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, if you give us a five-star review and write out a, a review to the show, uh, we read those on air. We have a little sounder. We'll give you a shout-out, and we really appreciate it. Uh, that, almost more than anything else, helps us to move up in the uh, Apple algorithm, which means more people get suggested our show, which means more people listen to it, which means more people watch the WNBA, uh, which is the entire purpose of our show is to to pay respect and uh, and uh, shine a light on this league that we love so much. Uh, but yeah, that's the rundown. And uh, do all those things as much as you can or wish to do. Uh, we enjoy any way that you guys interact with us. Absolutely. Um, Jason, let's hop right into things. Let's start with maybe some big news that's breaking right now. As in, yeah, like I said, 1030 on, on a Wednesday night. Um, there's a, there is a, not a draft. There is a, um, a trade that has come through, uh, an apparent trade that's coming through right now, a three way trade between the Indiana fever, Phoenix Mercury and Chicago sky. So basically the, the Phoenix Mercury are going to receive diamond to shields. Okay. Chicago is going to receive Julie Alamond from Indiana, as well as the 2023 first round pick from Phoenix. This is all per uh, Rachel Galligan. Um, Indiana Fever then are going to receive Bria Hartley and then several other picks. They're going to also receive the 2022 uh, number 22 pick. Say that five times fast. So the, the 22nd pick in 2022. And uh, another second round pick for, uh, from Phoenix for 2023. They're also picking up the number seven pick in 2022. And, and here is the, here is the unique part of this trade. All right. They have the rights to swap the Chicago and Phoenix 2023 first round pick. That's, that's really odd to me. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't know if I've, I've seen. Um, like, so they've picked up uh, a first round pick from Phoenix, a number 22 pick in 2022, a second round pick, uh, in 2023 and the number seven pick in 2022. So they've just picked up four draft picks and Bria Hartley and the first round pick that they picked up for next season. They have the rights to swap whoever has the better pick between Chicago and Phoenix. Now I've seen, I've seen maybe, you know, like trade options or, or, you know, pick, I I don't know if I've really seen a lot of 
rights to switch. Like if Chicago finishes worse than Phoenix or vice versa, they get a pick which of those teams they get. And that's kind of odd to me <laughs> that they, that they get a pick that. So um, anyway, or, or pick the positioning, not, you know, from the, from which team. So what that means as far as picks go is that Indiana has the number two and the number seven and the number 10 draft picks in this year's draft, which is shaping up to be a, a pretty decent draft as far as depth goes. And then in next season for the draft, they have their own first round pick, which is good as all the other teams are looking right now might be number one overall. And they get to pick the better out of Chicago and Phoenix's first round pick. So they've got like three first round picks, two first, three first round picks this year, two first round picks next year, and then several other second round picks. Um, Jason, this is the most life that we have seen out of Indiana in months. So I'm curious, uh, I'm curious when, when you kind of break, break this down, what do you think about Indiana, uh, making this trade, uh, and, and picking up Bria Hartley as well as making this trade that with, uh, Phoenix and Chicago? I, for two years on this show, have tried to continually be somewhat positive towards Indiana because I want them to be good so bad. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I I get this trade if you're the LA Sparks, where you're like, hey, we're about to enter a rebuild. Uh, Phoenix, we're about to enter a rebuild. Indiana is still one year away from being one year away. And, and we say that about Indiana. Um, I don't know that going for youth is, is what they needed. Um, they needed some veteran leadership and I, I don't feel like this is the deal that, that is going to get them what they need in the end, unless they're going to wheel and deal these picks, uh, later on down the road. Cause I mean, you basically have an entire starting five from the first round over the next two years if you want. Um, so, so you can afford to, to push some of those away, but, um, I'm, I, I can't, force myself to be optimistic about Indiana anymore. They don't need youth. They haven't used their rookies well. Uh, they need they need some leadership. They need some direction. They need some some culture in the locker room. So um, I I think if Indiana was in a different spot, if they were in, in entering rebuild mode, I would have said this is a great trade. The fact that they should be coming out of rebuild mode and, and getting into the playoffs mm-hmm. and, and trying for that, I'm not that excited about it. I, I'm curious what your thoughts are, though, Kyle. Yeah, well, uh, and I, I totally understand that take. And I think that's a very valid point that they've been in rebuild for so long. So it feels weird that they're just loading up on draft picks. Um, I will say this. Um, there's another team who did the same exact move for the last couple seasons, and that's the Dallas Wings. And we ended up seeing some really solid results. Um, now, were those results a direct, you know, did they have a direct correlation with the draft picks? that Dallas, you know, had the last couple of seasons. I don't know. Uh, I don't know because you still had, you know, a Goomba Wale and Mabry and, and, you know, other factors there, but Satu Sabali, a solid player. You know, I think that, that Dallas ended up having a pretty solid, a pretty solid opportunity to kind of come out on top, be, you know, be a, a playoff type team here this last season. So, um, I, I, I get the frustration that it's like, well, now you're going for youth because you've been missing the playoffs for like five seasons, right? Like it's been, yeah. it's been a while since you've been in the playoffs. 
that being said, knowing the the depth of this year and next year's draft classes um, feels significant. Mm-hmm. It feels significant because you've got players, um, you've got players like uh, Nalissa Smith and Ryan Howard this year. Um, and then if you're looking down further in that like seven to 10 range, you might be able to snag someone like uh, Alyssa Kinane, Destiny Henderson, uh, maybe like Alexi Hull. Um, I think that whether or uh, whether Washington goes with Ryan Howard or Alyssa Smith, you obviously take the other one of those. And so if you're then looking, if you've just picked up a guard in Ryan Howard, you can go and pick up some really solid depth at you know, your front court later on in the draft um, next season. They also have their, their own first round pick, which very well might be the number one overall pick. And that could end up being a player like Aliyah Aliyah Boston, mm-hmm. which that right there is probably a franchise player, which if you've got players like Ryan Howard and Alyssa, or Nelissa Smith and some other pieces, I, I think that, I think that, and, and this could totally be me just wanting to be positive <laughs> for Indiana. But I think that I would rather have the 2022 and 2023 draft picks than the previous two years draft picks, if that makes sense. I mean, you know, UNESCO and, and Sobley aside, like, I think that I, I, I really do like especially compared to last year's draft yeah. 2022 and 2023 is shaping up to be a much deeper and probably a more impactful uh, set of draft classes. So I will say, I think that's good. That obviously comes with the caveat of, well, what has Indiana done with their draft picks the last couple of years? They've had back to back lottery draft picks that they've cut the next season. Yeah. Well, that's so, and that's, <laughs> so that's that's a tough pill to swallow. That's part of the problem, though, is that Indiana has not been Indiana the last five years for lack of talent. Uh, I mean, they've had right. some good players that have come through. Um, your Kelsey they, Mitchells, your uh, Tierra McCowan, yeah, you, you know, yeah, and you you take McCowan as an example. You put her on the court, she does great things, and then you pull her off, and you only give her eight minutes a game or twelve minutes a game, and uh, yeah. I think I 100% agree with everything you're saying about the this year's draft class, the next year's draft class, and them there being some real uh, potential there. I just don't trust Indiana's leadership, uh, ownership, management, uh, front office, uh, assistant coaches, all that, to develop those players adequately to take advantage of it. I think a lot of those names you just talked about are going to be names that we talk about for the next 10 years. But we're going to be talking about them from another team because Indiana is going to to not get very much out of them and then trade them away in a year or two. And and I'm just that's where my lack of faith is not in <laughs> not in what these picks mean. It's what is Indiana going to do with these picks? And that, right. that's where I don't think they're going to to meet expectations. Well, and if you and if you remember, and this is not the knock on Kaiser Gondrezic like at all. Like it's not a knock on her. But when she went to Indiana, that was like. Do you like, yeah, everybody kind of remembers this last draft being like, wait, what's going on? Like, who are they picking? Like, who's going eighth overall? Like, yeah, did we even have that person projected above third round and they're going eighth? You know, like, like that was the kind of draft that it was. And that started like that first, like, really big surprise came 
we were all thinking like Dana Evans might go fourth. Yeah. And like when they picked Kaiser, everybody was like, huh? Now again, Kaiser's a great player. And I actually think that she should still be in the league. I think that she's, I think she'll get picked up probably by someone that being said, Indiana, like, you know, uh, they didn't do a great job with that. So again, the history, recent history says, says poorly, but as someone in our chat, I, I just saw this. Where'd it go? <laughs> so I, I got to pull this up. Someone in the chat, 312 BBL said they picked up the phone, which is what we've been yes. clamoring for, right? Like instead of just sitting back on their hands and just being like, well, let's just see who shows up and maybe we'll just have an open tryout this yeah. coming season. They picked up the phone and they're like, all right, well, if these teams want to move their draft picks and we obviously aren't a desirable location for free agents to come to right now, if we can't do it through free agency and trying to lock someone down there, let's, we got to draft, yeah. you know, yeah, and- we have to draft and let's lock up some of those draft picks. So I'm hopeful, but I'm very, very cautiously yeah. hopeful and, with these draft picks. And you know what? I could be, I could be completely proven wrong. If Indiana does this and then immediately looks at their coaching staff and either reeducates, reorients or completely restructures and lets some people go and brings them in. If they're willing to invest in these, you know, the next two years with the rookies, looking at 2025, 2026, I'm all in on that. If they're going to put in the work and develop these players, what I don't want to see is I don't want them to to draft all of this potential and then just do nothing with it. So, like, I I want Indiana to go that route. Like, given that they did this, three one two BBL, that's perfect, you know, response because we did talk about that. They they need to answer the phone. They did answer the phone. Now do something with it. Like you made your decision. You're going to go for youth. Get people in there who are going to be able to develop that youth. And uh, and that's how you take right. this and turn this into a playoff run in 2025. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, now, I will say this. Uh, it's nice to have a lot of draft picks, especially if you've got five first round draft picks in the, in the next two seasons, plus a, a couple of second round draft picks, because look at where our rookie of the years have come the last couple of seasons. We've got, uh, Onion Wede went sixth overall. Um, we've got Crystal Dangerfield that went, what, second round, like 14th? Was it 14th overall that, that Dangerfield went? I, I'm, I'm blanking. Let me double check on that. Uh, let me just, okay, round two. Yeah, Dangerfield went uh, 16th overall and ended up being the, uh, uh, ended up being the rookie of the year and, and really solid there. And then in the 2019 draft, the, the rookie of the year came at the sixth overall again at Nafisa Collier. So when they're picking up a seventh pick or a 10th pick, like that might be a rookie of the year type caliber player on top of the fact that they've got the number two pick this year and potentially a number one or two pick next year, that's a really like just, just having more draft picks is hopeful. Like it just, it makes me like, okay, like maybe they draft that new next generational talent that shows up and balls out like a crystal crystal danger field. Right. Yeah. Or a Nafisa Collier, you know, that just comes in and, and really makes an impact on the league immediately. So We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Obviously, I think Jason and I both want to be hopeful, but our uh, it, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like when 
you have a crush on a girl and she just keeps breaking your heart over and over. Like you kind of just guard it. Yeah. You're just kind of like really protective <laughs> yeah. of it. Like that's, it's tough. And that's kind of how it feels with Indiana is we want so badly for them to be good. And when they're good, Jason, you know, you and I both have lived in the state of Indiana. Basketball matters there. Oh yeah. And if Indiana can turn it around that, that entire state is just, just going to completely come out and support the crud out of the fever. So, yeah, well, we, yeah. we were talking in our chat earlier as, as host, uh, and Steve brought up apparently only 10 years ago, they were bringing out 18,000 per game into the playoffs. You know, they, like that's crazy. The people there love basketball. Like Kyle said, we lived there. Um, it, it's part of the culture there. You put together a winning team and the people will come. The jerseys will sell. The hype will be there. Uh, you know, and, and in some ways your Dallas analogy is apt because Dallas came into last season with absolutely no expectations and just had fun. They did fun things. And yeah. I, I wish they would have de- developed the rookies more. There's a few things I, I didn't like about it, but you can't say they didn't have fun. And if Indiana can do that, say, let's get some youth, let's just play, let's let them have fun, you know, let's let's give them some structure, help them develop, but, you know, let's let's not make this, you know, there's no expectations. We can be as good or as bad as possible and nobody will be disappointed. Go have fun and, and you might pull off a, you know, a seven seed or six seed into the playoff in, you know, I, I don't predict that, but go for it. Just have fun. Fun over expectations. It's my new favorite stat. And, yes. Uh, fun over expectations. Like, I want Indiana to be the fun over expectation this year. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Uh, let's break down just the other two sides of this. We spent a, a <laughs> pile of time here on Indiana. We're coming, you know, we're, we're entering close to 20 minutes here. That being said, let's take a look at the Shields to Phoenix and Chicago picking up Julie Alamond. Um, what do you think about Diamond to Shields and how she could fit into this Phoenix Mercury roster? I think I like to shields to Phoenix. I think that's a good move uh, for both to shields and for Phoenix, because I think for Phoenix, it gives them some youth and some support for what has to be considered kind of an aging core. Uh, And Mm -hmm. as you've got a team that has self-admittedly decided that they're going into a rebuild phase over the next year, uh, I feel like she's somebody you can rebuild around and, and build another uh, roster and have that support. So I really like that move. 
And for the Shields, it gives you the chance to be the face of a franchise, which you're not going to get in Chicago. Uh, yeah. And so for me, I, I actually really like that move. I, I think, honestly, I think Phoenix may have come out the best in this three way trade. And, uh, I, I really like the way that went. We know that Phoenix is, uh, seems to be just completely just stacking all that they possibly can in this one last ditch attempt to get Tarasi another ring, you know, plus once Tarasi has gone, it seems like, all right, now we may need to move a couple pieces around and maybe we recore around Brittany Griner. Um, I think the shields, like you pointed out, brings in some of that youth and the shields has struggled compared to what she was uh, during her second season in the mm-hmm. league. The last couple of seasons have been less than stellar, just haven't been there. Um, now, obviously, last year, Chicago had a pretty stacked roster, but you saw the shields kind of slip further and further back in the rotation, similar to what we saw with like Steph Dolson. And so the potential is there for the shields. I think the shields needs a boost of confidence and perhaps getting around this, this Phoenix Mercury team playing with some of the best to ever play the game might be enough to like kind of lift a little pressure while pushing the shields forward. So fingers crossed. I think, I hope we see a little bit of a resurgence for diamond to shields, but uh, even as a depth piece, I think makes a lot of sense for Phoenix because that's the one knock I would say on Phoenix is they are shaping up a really stellar, like starting five potentially. And the shields coming in could be part of that starting five, maybe even a bench player, you know, that sixth player coming off the bench that can provide that spark. And um, so I, I like that. Now this, this Chicago part of this is where I want to just put on a little tinfoil hat here for just a little bit. Okay. Um, Julie Alamond going to Chicago. Why would Chicago be that interested in picking up a starting point guard type player? Like that's where that's where I start to get these wheels turning. Now, uh, since we recorded last, uh, or maybe I can't remember if we mentioned this on the last episode. The last several days, just. The last week kind of blends all together with all the free agency news. I don't know, remember which day was which. Um, but Cordy Vandersloot reportedly, I believe this was yesterday that this report came out. Cordy Vandersloot apparently got a quote unquote disrespectful offer from the sky. And I think it's because the sky don't have much money. Yeah. Like they literally can't resign everybody they want to. And Sloot is the one that's kind of now left left wanting, you know, like, well, am I, do I just not have a place on this team? Uh, the team wanting to have Ali Quigley back and they can afford Ali Quigley, a, a, a probably a, a, a cheaper price tag, but Vandersloot also, apparently it's been rumored that UMMC Ekaterinburg is willing to pay her to sit out the WNBA season. Um, a la Diana Taurasi several seasons ago. um, and if if she wants to stick around Chicago and stay around Allie Quigley, but can't can't uh, get the money done to play for Chicago, you know, maybe she takes that. Maybe she takes that offer from a Katarineberg. Like I don't know. But regardless, the fact that Chicago went into a trade and offered up several pieces to snag Julie Alamond. 
makes me kind of scratch my head and go, hmm, is there is there actual fire with you know along with all the smoke that we've heard um, with Courtney Vandersloot? Does she find a place to play in the WNBA this season, or does she re-sign with Chicago? Like I don't know. I I don't know what Courtney Vandersloot. She's probably the one player right now that I have. Uh, that I feel like has the most question marks surrounding her future um, that I didn't think that I don't think should have question marks surrounding her future. Jason Vandersloot, like statistically and I believe even votes wise has finished in like the top five of the MVP voting for like three of the last five seasons or something like that. She's very good at basketball and yet can't seem to make it work to where she's going to land on a roster. I think she's one of the most impactful players on the court at any given moment because of the way she directs traffic and she handles the offense. Um, Jason, what do you think? Are, are you with me on this whole, uh, you know, tinfoil hat idea or, or do you think I'm absolutely crazy? I don't. I don't think it's a tinfoil hat idea. I think that there's a lot of validity to it. I we had a conversation a few weeks ago. I think it was actually me and you, but it might have been me and one of the other hosts about uh, Seattle trying to do this to you know with Stewie, uh, Lloyd, and uh, Bird, and trying to keep all three. And you had talked about how they kind of needed to make like the tough decision. And one of the things that was brought up then is this idea that you go to them and say like, hey. We can't really afford you, but if you'll take a decreased salary, we might be able to win and, and you make this sales pitch. And I, I mean, that's kind of the ownership trying to have its cake and eat it too, because what you're doing is basically saying like, why don't you make a sacrifice so that we can get a championship and you can be part of that? Mm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a dangerous game. So you, you've got somebody like Chicago and they're like, well, we want Parker and we want Copper and we want, uh, you know, I'm blanking on other names right now because the lights are in my eyes and I, I can't think. But, you know, we want Quigley. We <laughs> want and, and we want Sloot. And then you go to Sloot and say, like, hey, we want to run it back, but we want to pay you way less than you're worth. We want to pay you like peanuts compared to what you should be. Yeah. Getting paid. And, yeah. And there's there's the upside is the player might go along with it, but it is disrespectful. I mean. I I can't even imagine like at any of the places I've worked, if they came out to me, they'd be like, Hey, the department's having a rough time. We really need you here, but we need you at half of your salary. I'd be like, Oh yeah, there's other hospitals (laughs) piece. Like, (laughs) yeah, there's other places to work. (laughs) And, and in all honesty, like as much as they may need me, if, if you need somebody, you show them that value. And, and so that's the risk that they took. uh, Supposedly that's not confirmed or anything, but like, if that's the risk that they took and they went to her and, and made that pitch of you can win another championship, but you're going to do so at 50 cents on the dollar. I, I would not only suspect that uh, a catering Berg saw that as an opportunity, but I fully support it. Go, go make the money you're worth salute. Uh, I hate to see yeah. you not in the W, but, uh, but take the paycheck. I, I want, I want female athletes to be paid what they're deserved. And if it's a catering Berg, who's going to do that, then, then uh then get it then get Go yeah get your I, money. I want to support Sloot over seeing her in the game I, I want her to to be able to realize her most potential and uh i want the wnba to to make that happen so i i want to i don't want to encourage her to to lower her standards and take a contract she doesn't like i want to 
encourage the WNBA to make a player of that caliber an offer that that matches the caliber that they are. I agree with that completely. Um, yeah, I think you and I are, are very much on the same page there when it comes to this yeah. Courtney Vandersloot news. So we, uh, who knows? Yes, yeah, so, who knows where where this ends up? But either way, Courtney Vandersloot, do what's best for you. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and to to tie this all back to the trade talk, uh, I don't see. I, I agree with you. I don't see why else you go for Alamond if you don't have that hole because I don't think that Chicago needs that if Sloot is playing. And so I, I, I right. think that this indicates that Sloot is probably not coming back. And I think that the the management in Chicago knows that and, and are acting accordingly. Um, <laughs> I love that we've spent this entire time just talking about this, this one, one trade. trade that's that's uh, not even official yet, but is being reported. So um, some other let's let's look at some other fun, positive news that dropped Taj Cole. Um, getting a yeah. training camp roster spot with, uh, with the Connecticut Sun gets really that makes me really excited. Um, now this is this. I mean, obviously, this is a very deep Connecticut Sun team. I don't know if uh, if Cole can crack into that you know twelve uh, person roster that they have, but it's a cool it's a cool story. All right, um. She basically was just at tryouts for Athletes Unlimited, just trying out, you know, wasn't one of those big names that was going to, you know, bring a ton of attention to the league. But, um, but yeah, like obviously, obviously, you know, came in, tried out to see if, if it was going to make it work. And it did like, she's, she's playing great basketball in, uh, uh, in the league in Athletes Unlimited um, you know, she's a Virginia Tech and uh, what it, was it? Was it Louisville or Georgia? I can't remember the other team. I was just reading uh, on her bio. Um, I think it, Louisville or Georgia, one of those two. I can't remember. But either way, um, just absolutely like just a cool, cool like avenue from this Athletes Unlimited program into the WNBA. And I'm hoping that this Athletes Unlimited continues to be that, continues to be almost this you know, opportunity for players to go in, show what they're capable of, and then maybe catch the eye of a WNBA team or two and see if they can snag one of these training camp roster spots and play your way onto a roster. And uh, that's, I mean, that's the dream, right? Is to get that, is to play professional basketball. So I get pretty stoked on that. Jason, what were your thoughts when, uh, when you saw that news? Yeah, you and I once again are kind of in line, uh, which I know makes for boring uh, radio, but uh, I, I agree. <laughs> and this is exactly what we've talked about Athletes Unlimited the last few episodes that I've been on. This is what I wanted. I want it to be a developmental league for the W. Uh, I don't think it can be a a competitive off-season league where the top talent goes. There's just too much money overseas. It's going to be too hard to get to that phase. Uh, this is what I want it to be. Let the players who who are on the bubble of the 144 or maybe the the first ones out, uh, let them go there, prove what they're worth, and get contracts. I I I I love this. I hope that Cole makes it onto a team because I think it'll validate the athletes unlimited thing even just that much more to get some players that were not expected to be in the W this next year and to actually get a roster spot. Uh, will will draw more players that are, are in that same spot where they were great college players, but they maybe just barely missed the W or got cut from a team. 
you know, it gives them a chance to go back and earn it. And uh, and I love that. I, I, I want to see more of that. I like it. A uh, couple other quick free agency news uh, that we need to make everybody aware of. Obviously, some of the basic ones that are just obvious, you know, John Quill Jones resigning, Sylvia Fowles resigning. Um, we, we talked about Elizabeth Williams going to the Mystics, Maisha Hines-Allen at the Mystics, Jewel Lloyd resigning a two-year deal in Seattle. Notice that uh, Bree only signed a one-year deal, Jewel Lloyd apparently with a two-year deal. Um, Tiffany Hayes back with Atlanta, Sophie Cunningham returning to the Mercury, Courtney Williams to the Sun. Um, Brianne, January to Seattle. Now let's pause on this one for just a second. Jason, Brianne, January going to the Sun or not the sun, excuse me, going to the Seattle storm. Um, she's a five time, uh, first team, all defensive in, in the WNBA. Uh, you know, obviously a veteran player that brings a ton of energy on the defensive side. And then obviously is a, a great facilitator on the offensive side of things. Um, is this enough to really move the needle and, and makes and lock Seattle storm as a, championship contender again this season if they they've got their big three back plus the addition of brand january you've still got um they did also resign mercedes russell at that center position who's a serviceable center um you've got uh katie uh katie lou samuelson obviously out on the wing is this is that addition to the seattle storm does that bump them into that discussion of being a, a true title contender for this season I, I think so. They're definitely among my list of the the six title contenders that exist. So uh, <laughs> saying they're a title contender really only says that they're in the top six. But um, I do think they're a title contender, and I really like this addition because I feel like what this adds to the team is a bit of stability. Uh, offense mm. comes and goes. It, it goes in fits and spurts, and it can be amazing. But even great offenses have little dry spells. Defense allows you to build in some consistency, and I think that... Uh, had had you had this last year, maybe you don't stall out after the Commissioner's Cup because that defense holds you steady and keeps you in games uh, and gives you time for your offense to catch up. And so I really like this. I think that this is a, a good move for them, and uh, I, I think it increases their chance of being in the title matchup rather than decreasing it. I, I really like it. What are your thoughts, Kyle? Yeah, yeah. I think um, I, I think they're. Obviously, there's some more flashy players available in free agency. Um, I think that there's... But if what you do is say, hey, before Sue retires and potentially Jewel Lloyd and Bree Stewart move on from us, let's try and get one more title. Who's available? Who do we think we could land to try and get this to, to make a run here, you know, and it seems like they're not the only team doing that. We see the same thing with Phoenix. We see the same thing with Chicago. We see the same thing with Connecticut and Minnesota. Like all these teams are just stacked to the gills and Seattle in order, you know, in an arms race, you got to load up and here they are adding, adding another player to that roster. Um, and so I'm, I'm intrigued by, by this pickup. I feel as though, if Sue battles injury, January is a great you know point guard that comes in, um, and uh, it does make me wonder. It does make me wonder the uh, the future for Jordan Canada, who's currently a restricted free agent, which means that um, 
Seattle can match any offer that comes her way if they so desire. But if Canada can pick up an offer from, say, like uh, if she can go down and, and ball out in Atlanta, that might be a great landing spot for uh, for Canada. You know, so we'll see. I think there's there's a lot of teams that are out there that could, that would be interested in joining Canada. I think she's obviously played some great uh, some great basketball there in Seattle. Um, yeah, I, I'm intrigued to see what this means for her future as they bring in Brianne January. Jason, um, some, I guess, not truly free agency news, but some cool WNBA news. Um, when the four of us went to the WNBA All-Star game last, uh, last year in Vegas, um, it really turned into the Enrique Agumbawale show, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she led Team WNBA to upset Team USA. Well, I don't know if I can't say upset, but to beat Team USA. Um, it sounds like the Dallas Wings are close to signing Agumbawale to another, to a three year contract extension that would kick in at the end of this season. So she's on the last season, uh, on the last year of her contract currently. And they're looking to extend that contract before she becomes a free agent next season. Um, they're looking to extend her three years as a Dallas, uh, as a DFW area resident and as a witness to the awesomeness that was Arike Gumbawale at that all-star game. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on, uh, on this extension that Dallas is apparently working with, uh, for Arike? I, I've got mixed feelings about it. I'll, I'll be completely honest. I think that if I'm in Dallas's shoes, I maybe I take this deal because I don't think that I'm going to get anyone better to come in and to kind of be my my main point scorer night in and night out. Uh, my hesitation mm-hmm. is I I don't know that. Arike, as of right now, as of the way that she played last year, and I'm not talking about the All-Star game because obviously she turned it up to 11 for that. I don't know that she has the consistency and maybe the discipline to be able to uh, be the person who leads a team deep into the playoffs and make a title run. She could develop into mm-hmm. such, and if, and if Dallas's coaches see that in her, I'm all on board. Uh, that's just my only hesitation is that you're you're essentially signaling that this is a player you want to build your franchise around, and I'm not sure that as of right now she's consistent enough to be that player. To be yeah, that. and so uh, she could develop it. I, I'm all for that. Uh, I honestly I think you keep Mabry around because I feel like those two play well off of each other. Obviously they've got the Notre Dame connection, uh, and and it seems like there's some good chemistry there. And uh, I mean you've got plenty of youth and potential to build around them. Uh, and uh, right. So, I mean, if, if that's the vision that Dallas has for their future and they think they can develop Enrique into that A1 player uh, that that can go and win a championship, uh, it'll be fun to watch. But uh, that that's my hesitation is I, I don't feel like she's at that point yet. So I feel like she's getting A1, you're going to take us to deep into the playoffs contract, uh, where I feel like right now she has that potential, but maybe not that having maybe that hasn't realized yet. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. Um, I think that's a fair take. I think that's a fair take. Um, it, it this feels like Dallas is is all in on Arike being you know that franchise player moving forward. Yeah. Um, 
So and we just heard your take. Obviously, everybody's kind of got their own uh, opinions on this. It, it is interesting to me that they're like, hey, no, this is this is it. Um, we're going to go ahead and move forward, and we're going to put all our eggs in this basket and uh, bring in some other pieces to fit around Arike. Now, obviously, we know the scoring potential is there, um, and potentially what what i do what i do love is watching players grow and develop and and like mature into the best version of of their game and i think that arike i will say this i i i see your point um with where arike is and where she's been the last couple of seasons but i also will add to that that i think that arike has actually grown Mm -hmm. and improved in a lot of those ways that were a concern in her rookie and sophomore seasons. You know, um, I feel like she's, she's become a better facilitator. I think she's gotten better on defense. Um, She came in and it seemed like was just like, I'm a scorer and I score and I score and I score. But I think there's other areas of her game. Now she's not winning all defense anytime soon. All you know, all uh, all league defensive player of the year, anything. She's but she's improved, and so mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm intrigued to see if if Dallas thinks that that progression and that um, what am I trying to say the uh, the path that she's on is is one that that they want to get behind then. Uh, then go for it because obviously we've seen the potential that she has. She can do it against the very best in the world. Um, just making sure that that's a consistent thing and that, uh, that you've got the right priests around. Who knows? Maybe we'll see some really, really great things coming out of Dallas in the future. Yeah. Um, Jason, we've got, uh, we're, we're pretty well, we've, we've covered quite a bit here and, and I don't want to take too much more of, uh, of everybody's time, but, um, yeah, there are uh, a couple other just other signings that I'll, I will mention here. Uh, Asia Wilson re-signing a max two-year fully protected contract with Las Vegas uh, and Angel McCautry heading off to join the Minnesota Lynx. Um, any your thoughts? We didn't get to hear your thoughts on on Angel McCautry heading to Minnesota. Um, what are your what's your take with her joining a Lynx team that was actually really solid and, and dangerous last season. And, and now we're adding an angel McCautry coming off of an injury. Yeah. I mean, uh, angel McCautry for the last few years has kind of been in and out with injuries. So you're not sure what you're going to get, but no matter what you get, I think, uh, Minnesota's poised to be a top contender, uh, for, for this coming year. And, uh, I think adding angel only helps that. And so I think that was really good. Um, I, I thought it was funny because in the, the Apple draft episode, I picked Minnesota as my number one for the year. And then the very next episode, you and Logan were like, nobody's talking about him. Nobody's calling him. I'm like, I just called that shot. But uh, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, but no, it's, I, I think that's really good. I think Minnesota is going to be uh, uh, one of the top competitors this year. And, and I expect a lot out of them. Uh, and as far as Asia Wilson, I think that's what everybody expected. I, I, I don't think that. Anybody thought Las Vegas was going to let her get away. Um, she is the player that you build your franchise around. And, uh, you know, I, I think maybe we see a little bit of regression from from Vegas this year. I, I don't know that they're retooling enough, but they're, they've got a new coach coming in and uh, give it a year or two. And I, I think that Vegas will be right back in that top contender spot is, again. So uh, excited to see what comes out of them, though. 
I don't know that necessarily 2022 is their year. I think you got to give Hammond a little time to, to, to get her legs and to get some of the players and the structure that she wants in there. Right. All right. We obviously will have a lot more free agency news coming your way. We have a, uh, we have a, uh, an episode recording scheduled for next Monday. Uh, so make sure that you're staying tuned there. Um, as you're listening to this, this is a, a Thursday release, but be, uh, be giving you kind of a heads up. Logan and I actually pre-recorded, uh, an episode that we'll be dropping on Saturday. So as you're listening to this, Check out Saturday. You're going to hear an episode from Logan and I where we go and we take a look at the rosters of the 12 teams in the WNBA right now. And then we consider what former player of that team, whether they're retired or active, what former player would you bring back to that franchise right now um, to make them better? And so we had an absolute blast looking back. And uh, if you are maybe new to the league, as we were... Oh man, it's actually been several years now, but I do remember being so new to this league, you know, five years ago, um, that, um, if you're, if you're a new listener or new to the WNBA, that's going to be an excellent episode for you to hear some names that you might not know. Go back and check out those players, go back, watch some highlights and kind of uh, use it as an educational tool to get you, um, to get you kind of pumped about the history of this league. And, uh, you know, to recognize the, the shoulders that, uh, the shoulders of the, the giants that the current league iteration is standing on. Um, and, uh, and if you are a, if you've been a fan of the league forever, use that episode to, as a reminisce, uh, opportunity to go back and really think, Oh yeah, that was so fun watching that player play. So, um, enjoy that episode. Jason, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we go ahead and wrap this up? Uh, yeah, uh, Literally, uh, probably by the time you're hearing this, uh, U.S. Women's Olympic Hockey has begun. Uh, head over to the NBC suite of channels between NBC and NBC Sports Network and USA and uh, all the other uh, Peacock. Uh, there's plenty of places you can find those. And so uh, head over there, support uh, women's Olympic sports. There's a lot more than just hockey, but that's kind of where my interests are. So that's what I'll be paying most attention to. But uh, yeah, the Olympics are kicking off and uh, there's going to be a lot of fun with that. Uh, pay attention to our channel, probably on off days, maybe like on a Sunday morning or something, you may find uh, periodically just kind of uh, what's been going on in terms of women's Olympics uh, and, and competition, probably with a pretty strong U S bias. Uh, Cause that's the way that I, I'm going to watch it is, is kind of cheering for the U S and most everything. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about that. I hope y'all are excited about that. And it's great. Uh, it's another avenue to support women's athletics is to, to watch those, get the ratings up uh, and, and just be informed and, and honestly just enjoy women's sports. It's uh it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Well, everybody, thanks for tuning in and listening, and uh, we're excited. We've got a lot more content coming your way over the next several days, and uh, we can't, we're not, we couldn't be more excited about that. So, for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Jason Snow, and we got you next time.